Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. It is December 1st, 2021. Hope you're all doing well on this Wednesday. I'm getting into it, almost there to Friday. Hope everyone's running along, having a smooth day, enjoying themselves, working hard and all that. A lot to get into in today's episode as usual. I'm going to get into, you know, looking ahead at week 13 um, of the NFL tournament season. Just previewing some things that I've been doing almost all season long. Um, and I will get into the NBA um, and some of the things that we saw last night, what we learned. Um, and hopefully dive into some other things as well um, and you know, going along um, in, you know, around the sporting world. So, let's get started with um, a look ahead to week 13, and um, I want to start by listing the teams, the three teams that I believe um, need a big win in week 13. Obviously, the great, the, you know, the great thing about the 17-game schedule is that everything is really unpredictable, and a lot of things are going to be coming down to the last few weeks. You know, there's a lot of intrigue with a lot of teams that are sitting at interesting spots right now. Some teams that were out of it have put together a couple of good you know, streaks in a row. And so now things are getting really, really interesting. In the NFC East, it's a lot closer than, than it, you know, thought it would be, you know, two or three weeks ago. Uh, you look at the AFC West, I mean, that's pretty tight wherever you look as well. You know, and then look at the AFC East. Um, you know, a big matchup coming ahead on Monday Night Football between the Bills and the Patriots. So, a lot to be determined the next few weeks. But the three teams that I want to list here in Week 13 that need a big win. I'm going to start with number one, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season since he's been the you know the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he's been there almost 12 or 13 seasons, maybe longer. I don't know around that age, you know that time frame. Now I don't have the Steelers you know making the postseason. Uh, I had stated that I think in the off season. But Pittsburgh is at an interesting point in their season. They're five five and one. And Mike Tomlin is such a great coach, highly regarded, one of the best coaches in the NFL in terms of what he can do, how he's obviously a great leader, and how he can get his players to really play hard and competitive. Last week, the Pittsburgh Steelers had a really bad performance, and it was one of the worst performances that Mike Tomlin and the Steelers team had. You have former players, called them out, criticized them, get after this defense that really did not play well. And it wasn't all the defense's fault, but, you know, you saw the offense struggle to move the ball. You know, you didn't see certain guys get open and play as particularly well. Um, ben Roethlisberger obviously is kind of not what he used to be, but the Steelers just really didn't, you know. The injuries, yes, have played a role, no doubt, but, you know, they obviously had an opportunity the last few weeks to win some games, and they didn't. And so, they sit at a spot now where, you know, they're hosting the Baltimore Ravens, uh, I think this Sunday, 
And we know that the Steelers and Ravens rivalry has always been one of the best rivalries in the NFL for a long period of time. And so, Pittsburgh's playing at home. Uh, Mike Tomlin obviously has come out and said a lot of things already about the uh, preparation, the adjustments, and things like that heading into this game. And it has really put up a sharp time for the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, according to Mike Tomlin. And you look at the Steelers, they're obviously... They have a stretch of games coming up where if they don't win a couple of games, they're really going to be out of it. Um, so, you know, they got to make it uh, difficult for the Baltimore Ravens this week at home. Uh, you want to see the Steelers play with more passion, more energy, a much better defensive effort as well. But you want to see this offense get back on track. Um, and they have to play like it and be more competitive than they looked against the Cincinnati Bengals, who were really just having their way, dancing all over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so I think Pittsburgh needs to bounce back, and this might be one of, the, one of their most important games um, of the season. Because if they slip up on this one, uh, there's a good chance that they will uh, not be able to finish with the record needed to at least make the postseason. But you know, more than importantly, you just want to see some good signs from these, some of these younger players and Chase Claypool and Harris. Deontay Johnson kind of continue to improve um, and see how far they can ride it out with Ben because uh, it's a good chance that next season there will be another quarterback under center for the Pittsburgh Steelers um, but Mike Tomlin you know obviously he prizes on being competitive and playing best and so the Steelers have an opportunity this week at home to you know kind of disrupt Baltimore's kind of hopes for the AFC North a little bit slightly so they got to play like it and get it done uh, at home. The next team that needs a big win uh, would be the LA Chargers. Now you couldn't make an argument in a case for the Rams being in the same boat as well. But I'm going to go with the LA Chargers in this one. You know, it feels like every time the Chargers take a couple of steps forward, they take, you know, then they kind of take a step back. And the Chargers are a talented team. You know, obviously Herbert's had a pretty good season, but throughout this good season, he has his ups and downs, no doubt. The defense has struggled at times, yes, to stop the run and to really play good to get the turnovers that they need. But the Chargers are going up against the Cincinnati Bengals this week, and you know Justin Herbert needs to, you know, he's going up against you know Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert needs to play like the potential that he had. You know, we know that he's really a solid player he can do a lot of things well on the football field but it's about consistency and the Chargers need that from him this week against the Cincinnati Bengals you know they're sitting at six and five right now on the season a lot of crucial games coming up Brandon Silly has done a great job in his first year as Cardinal uh, sorry as Chargers head coach excuse me um but you know it's all about the finished product and the Chargers just haven't had that consistency as much their offense did struggle last week to get it going against Denver you want to see a better offensive output but much more importantly you want to see this defense really stand up and do some things you know obviously Joe Burrow getting it done for Cincinnati Um, not a clip that you know you would think he would get it done but Cincinnati's been a pretty good team this season the Chargers obviously on the road you know they've had some wins this season but they've looked pretty good but you want to even see more of that be the case um, 
you know, especially in this matchup. So they got to play like it and do a good job of really getting, you know, getting pressure on the quarterback, but being better as a defense as well. And we know that Staley, obviously, coming from the Rams, had a lot of success and, yeah, different personnel with the, with the, with the Chargers. But, you know, they have a talented team. They have a quarterback that has continued to improve and improve on game to game and they have to find a way uh, to stay right there in the mix I would say in the AFC West uh, with the Denver Broncos with the Kansas City Chiefs uh, knowing that those games um, will be you know a deciding factor down the stretch so they got they have to find a way to get it done and be better in those areas um, coming up the season now the third team um, that I believe needs a big win in week 13 uh, to me. Now, this could be a you know toss-up between a couple of teams. Um, you know, I thought about a couple of teams that I could include in this. Um, you know, obviously, you look at where some of these teams are right now in the standings. You know, you could make a case for the Minnesota Vikings being one of those teams that needs a big win. Um, but, you know, it, it comes down to a couple of things. I think... One, you look at the NFC and how it's kind of going. Uh, obviously, a lot of teams still have chances to make it uh, within the NFC. You know, wild card. Obviously, you have the Niners and Vikings in position. Washington has kind of moved into the mix as well. Um, so, there's a lot of teams that you could go with. I would say um, with this one, but I'm gonna go with the New Orleans Saints in this one. Saints are playing Dallas at home this week. Uh, we know that Sean Payton's have to really do a lot of things, uh, adjusting to the injuries. You know, with Winston being out and Kamara being out for like majority of these last three, four games with injury. Um, but the Saints still, despite their losses, have a chance at the postseason. I don't think they'll make the postseason uh, just because I think there are a lot of teams that are better right now. But having said that. The Saints are, you know, potentially going to be starting Trevor, uh, starting Taysom Hill maybe this game. Dallas is reeling right now. Uh, they've lost a few games in a row. You know, you haven't seen the best from Dallas' defense in a, in a while. Um, but, you know, Sean Payton obviously has been able to maneuver certain things around. And the Saints have just struggled to really find any offense. Um... You know, they obviously didn't look against Buffalo, but they are playing tomorrow night, a short week. Uh, obviously, both teams have had, like, plenty of time to prepare because they were both playing on Thanksgiving. Uh, but the Saints need something to change, and they have a chance to make a statement as a defense, uh, you know, tomorrow's game. Dallas, obviously, may be having Cooper back, particularly Lamb as well. Um, you know, Dak, obviously, is going to do what he has to do. Uh, but we've seen how Dallas defense has looked lately, and the Saints are going to have opportunities. Kamara may play in this game. That would be a big boost, obviously, for the, for the Saints in this one. But, you know, you just want to see that, that defense that was playing very well early on in the season kind of remind what they can do. You know, being more physical up front, uh, being able to uh, at least compete for the... You know the NFC wildcard spot. You want to see that happen, and 
you know, Dallas, you know, will not have McCarthy, Mike McCarthy in the game. Uh, you know, obviously he's missing due to COVID. Hopefully he's going to do well after that. Um, so I think the Saints, you know, they've had a lot of time to kind of ponder over the last few losses they've had. And they need some guys to step up. And if they don't get a big win here, uh, their chances are looking pretty bleak after, in my opinion, to make the postseason. So... You know, they got games coming up that they have to make, make, make a count. Dallas, obviously, is a tough tough opponent, no doubt. But we've seen things happen on, you know, strange Thursdays of the NFL season. So the Saints need to find a way to defensively play really, really well and try to keep this game in their favor for their defense uh, to, you know, to get home to win. So they're my three teams. Uh, that I believe they need big wins this week. Obviously, you know, it all comes down to obviously the execution and their play. Um, but I would say particularly for the Chargers uh, and the Steelers, two teams uh, definitely got to find ways uh, to get back on track and be better um, uh, this, you know, this week and at least be more competitive enough. Um, you know, that that's really, really important. Um, this season, I think, and see how these teams kind of finish out their seasons and do well, particularly um, in Week 13. Uh, but definitely Ben Roethlisberger, Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, they obviously have more experience than Herbert and Staley at this point. Um, so, it really comes down to um, how well do these, you know, how well do they play? But the Chargers are a team that was really one of those ones that you talked about a lot. Um, you know, early on in the season, they've struggled as of late. Um, you know, you just kind of want to see some better things from from the Chargers, uh, particularly knowing what they have on the line. You know, that's one of the things that you have to kind of watch out for uh, this week and uh, week thirteen. So in this next segment, I want to focus on three coaches uh, that are definitely going to be in the Week 13 spot, spotlight coming up this week. And I've already mentioned uh, one of these teams, one of these coaches already but early on, but I'm going to mention it again coming up. But you look at the coaches in the, you know, like coming up this season. Obviously, you've seen some coaches really do well. Some first-year coaches struggle, you know, not being the hell of a lot of success. Some have. Um... But looking ahead to week 13, I think there's a lot, you know, there's a couple coaches that come to mind that definitely need to show a lot. I think I want to start with Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons. You know, Arthur Smith has been able to do some good things with the Atlanta Falcons. You know, you've seen some good things from Matt Ryan at times this season. Other times, his offense has struggled to execute. You know, you've seen a lot of penalties as well kind of take place with the Falcons. But, you know, they're playing at home, I think, against Tampa Bay this week. And, you know, a lot of teams have had success against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. You know, seeing what the Colts did last week. So, yes, Arthur Smith, you know, you know, obviously there's some talent that he would like to, you know, have. Obviously Ridley's not in the lineup still. But, you know, you have Kyle Pitts. You have Cordell Patterson, Russell Gage. You really want to see Arthur Smith be great in play calling this week. Do a good job of getting this team ready and prepared. Uh, you know, Atlanta still, despite their deficiencies and their 
losses they've had, they've been able to stay, you know, in the radar a little bit. Yeah, they still have a chance to make a run at it if they play well. And Arthur Smith is going to have to uh, really do that a bit, big time in this game and be more creative against the Bucks and their secondary. Second coach um, is Mike Tomlin. I had mentioned Mike Tomlin in the last segment. Look at Mike Tomlin. I mean, he's had so many winning seasons, or over 100 seasons as a coach. And Tomlin, regardless of what happens to the Steelers this season, I feel like he's still going to be their head coach for the foreseeable future. Um, but based on how the Steelers have looked you know, this season, Obviously, the decision to bring Big Ben back was an interesting one, and we've seen that outside of Big Ben, you know, they haven't had a whole lot of success with quarterbacks behind them. You know, Rudolph has had his moments, and Haskins is there, but Mike Tomlin, you know, this is a big week for him. Um, you know, obviously, most of it, you know, whenever te- you know team loses or you know wins, you know, you see the coaches the one front center the quarterback and. Mike Tomlin knows, you know, that, you know, obviously they didn't execute, they didn't play well last week. Now they're heading into a stretch of games where they're going to either get a chance to play spoiler to a lot of teams that are competing for a postseason spot or they're going to be able to emerge and be in the middle of the conversation. Um, Mike Tomlin is a great coach. I think although this week you really want to see him have one of those games in which, you know, he does a lot of things so well uh, and you know you know really get the Ravens a, a tough one overall um, but he needs to kind of you know tap into whatever whatever you know of his you know leadership and motivation tactics and get these players by obviously he's dealing with a little bit more younger players than he's had in the past not a whole lot of veterans on this team other than maybe Joe Hayden and Big Ben um, but you really want to see Mike Tomlin like energize this team even more coming up this week, um, and, and you know being able to make make the most of it, um, you know heading into the late portion of the season. And the final coach that I believe is in the Big Week 13 spotlight needs to step up um, is Vic Vangio of the Denver Broncos. Uh, you look at the Broncos; they are set for a showdown. Uh, on Sunday Night Football with the Kansas City Chiefs. 6-5 uh, record for the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, they've had their moments this season. The defense has played very, very well and kept winning these games. You know, despite the quarterback issues they've had, they've been able to really remain right there in the hunt. And the Chiefs aren't the, you know, Chiefs have, you know, have looked a little more vulnerable this season. Obviously, they found their footing the last few games. Um, but this is a big opportunity for Vic Vangio and the Broncos where you know, they can you know, really continue the success of their running game this week. Um, but you want to see a defensive masterpiece from Vic Vangio in this one, I think. You know, Obviously, the defensive background, what he's been able to do. You know, Patrick Sertan has played well. Bradley Chubb is back. Excuse me. Um, you know, you've seen a lot of good things from Denver since they traded Von Miller away. But it's about... In this particular game, you know, keeping this this game in in you know in front of them and keeping the game at their pace, and you really want to see Vic Bangio be a great not only be a great great play caller on defense, but being able to make the right decisions at times in this game against Andy Reid. 
Uh, I think he needs to really uh, do a good job of doing that. You know, the Broncos have a real chance to make things really interesting in the AFC West. A big opportunity for this defense to try to slow down Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and really force Patrick Mahomes to beat them in, in other kind of ways. So looking at Vangio and Denver's success they've had recently, um, they have to continue that. You know, putting a game of you know stretch games in a row to win. Um, so I think the Broncos definitely and Vic Vangio. Uh, you know, you, you guys see a really good thing from Vic Vangio this week. Uh, you know, as a coach, you know what he's been able to do so far in the NFL. You know, his first few years in Denver. You really want to see him get a signature win here. So now I'm going to transition to talk about three quarterbacks that uh, need a big week, big week 13. Um, you know, uh, obviously there's a lot of quarterbacks that come to mind, but the first one I'm going to start with is Jalen Hurts of the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Jalen Hurts has been really good this season at times. You've seen some a lot of good things from him. You also see some things where he's really struggled, you know, in terms of passing the football at times. He has 13 touchdowns, 8 interceptions on the season. Um, I think he had a QBR of like 17.3. Um, last week, you know, he had 3 interceptions last week against the Giants. Uh, the Eagles are at 5-7, and seven, right? You have Washington that all of a sudden has moved closer um, to the second spot in the NFC East. You want to see the Eagles play... And, and be better than what they looked last week. Now, having said that, they are facing the New York Jets this week. Could be a potential trap game just because of how the Jets have, you know, got Wilson back and how this defense might be trying to, you know, do some things. But look at Philadelphia. I mean, they have the talent there on offense with Rager and Devonta Smith and, and a couple other players. You just really want to see Jalen Hurts, you know, show what he can do. Obviously, the Eagles have a lot of draft picks next season, in the draft next year. So, you know, Hurts obviously, you know, as of right now, is going to be their starting quarterback, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. You really want to see him just have one of those games in which he plays well and avoids turnovers. Now, sometimes the play styles of these quarterbacks, you know, sometimes you have turnovers. Uh, but the Eagles are sitting at a spot where I think the Eagles will be in a, in a position uh, to contend for anything, not they kind of are that position, but you know this week against the Jets, you know if you go out there and you like, once again have a bad performance or you don't play well, you know it's just you know what does that say about your team as over overall? Now Nick Sirianni obviously has to do a better job of calling plays and doing things like that, but this is a matchup that Hurts should have success against. Then again, anything could happen, and that's why I think that Hurts needs to be better in terms of not only playing to his strengths, but being a good passer of the football, especially uh, in this game. And they'll, they'll have some matchups to, to, to take advantage of. Second quarterback that I believe needs to step up big time, and this is, you know, I you could go different ways with this, but I'm going to say Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, yes, I know Trevor Lawrence is a rookie quarterback in his first year. Urban Meyer obviously had a tough time this season. They're 2-9. and nine. They obviously are missing Travis at the end. They've got a lot of issues in Jacksonville in terms of like their ability to win games. Um, but Trevor Lawrence, you look at it, he has 9 touchdowns, 10 interceptions this season. 
You know, he hasn't thrown for like three touchdowns since week one. Now, not all quarterbacks are going to be throw for like, you know, you're not going to see that kind of clip from some of these quarterbacks. I mean, Mac Jones obviously is doing it in a pretty good way so far, and he's looked pretty good. I'll give him Mac Jones that. He's definitely looking like he's going he's gonna to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year award. Now, having said that, you know, one year doesn't define these quarterbacks, so, you know, jumping all over this year and the stats for all the quarterbacks, I don't think it's needed. But look at Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, he has struggled at times this season. He's had his moments as well where he's looked pretty good. Um, you just really want to see him do a good job of, of, of being better than he's looked the last few weeks. Now, yes, the coaching, the skilled players all haven't been great for for Trevor Lawrence. Um, but he needs to find a way to have success against this uh you know, Rams secondary that definitely is, you know, they definitely have looked a little bit more vulnerable the last few weeks during this losing streak. Um, you just want to see Lawrence play well, at least put the Jaguars in a position more so to win the game, try to overcome all the things that he has to overcome and play well, you know. Uh, obviously, you know, Jacksonville wasn't expected to win a whole lot of games this year. You thought they would improve a little bit. They haven't been that case so far. Um, But Lawrence has potential. You've seen some good things from Trevor Lawrence this season. He needs to kind of just put it all together and be better in terms of, like, giving the Jaguars a chance in this game. Offensively, he'll have chances in this game to really do, do a good job, and he needs to take advantage of that this week. And the third quarterback that I believe needs to have a big week 13 is Josh Allen on the Buffalo Bills. Now, you're probably thinking, why am I saying Josh Allen when he's obviously, you know, had a lot of good performances this year. But look at Josh Allen. He has thrown quite a bit of turnovers the last few games, a couple of interceptions. Uh, the Bills are going up against the Patriots on Monday Football. We, we know that what Bill Belichick has done to some of his quarterbacks, on these quarterbacks during this win streak the Patriots have had. You want to see Josh Allen kind of show what he's made of. Obviously, he's been one of the better quarterbacks from the draft. Um, And, you know, the Bills obviously have huge aspirations to make it to the postseason and go deep. Um, But Josh Allen needs to play big time. He needs to avoid having mistakes against the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Uh, He needs to play play at his best. particularly early in this game and often. But you want to see him be clutch as well in some situations. And that's what it comes down for Josh Allen. He's obviously a great quarterback. He's got obviously a huge contract. He's shown a lot of progress in this offense. But you want to see even better things happen for um, for Josh Allen in this game. Obviously the AFC East is up for grabs. You know. You want to see them really do a good job of playing well in this game, knowing what's at stake. Um, you know, so Allen obviously he's had his moments against the Patriots in the past where he struggled. Um, so you want to see him put together a really good performance at home and, and really play uh, solid all the way through um, and challenge the Patriots defense a lot more than they've been challenged in the last few weeks of this winning streak they've had.
So I want to wrap up today's episode um, by just talking a little about the NBA action that we saw last night. Um, you know, obviously we're well over 20 games into this, to this uh, you know, 2021 NBA season, and obviously a lot of things are uh, pretty interesting, taking shape. You know, some teams are getting healthy, some teams are dealing with injuries. Uh, you know, obviously COVID and those things are coming up more and more. So it's definitely an interesting time for a lot of teams right now. Uh, but last night we saw the first regular season game between you know the Nets and the Knicks head to head, and it was quite a game. Quite a game. Nets were able to pull it out, one twelve to one ten. Um, you know, the Knicks definitely battled back in this one. They trailed, I think, by 16 or 17 points at one point, probably in this game. Um, you saw some good things from the New York Knicks. Obviously, they were able to, um, you know, work their way back into the game. You saw some good things overall from, you know, their their backcourt, their shooting. You know, Alex Burks had, I think, 25 points. Um, R.J. Barrett didn't play a whole lot. Not sure he was injured or he wasn't out there as much for some reason. Um, obviously, Rose did some things nicely. Saw the bench do a couple of things. Fournier was pretty good as well. Uh, the Nets were just a little bit better, you know, down the stretch. James Harden had a uh, really good game. I think he had about 34 points. I think KD had 25 or 27. I think 27 points overall. Um, you know, you just saw the Nets kind of shoot a little bit more better um, down the stretch and then a little bit more execution. You know, now the Knicks, Tom Tibbet obviously are upset about the officiating in this game, which, you know, that happens because the Nets obviously had a lot more free throw attempts um, than the Knicks did. Um, but, you know, some of these games do go like that throughout the NBA season. And so, you know, it was just one of those things where. The Knicks just, you know, didn't, they weren't aggressive enough getting to the line, they didn't get the calls. Um, and this game did end with free throws and a foul, which you hate to see, but, you know, they obviously had tried to double team KD, kind of found the free man in James Johnson, and he went up against Mitchell Robinson, who should have been a little bit better in terms of his positioning on that, but he didn't. He kind of, you know, raked that, showed that, you know, that hand and that shooting, you know, form and, you know, the Nets were able to win by a couple of free throws. You know, Harden obviously has been starting to play a little bit better as of late for the Nets. Uh, you've seen some good things overall. Um, you know, from Aldridge and from some of the other younger players and Bruce Brown uh, as well, you know. So, overall, I mean, the Knicks played a pretty good game. They still got a lot of things to figure out with their rotation, I believe. Just because, you know, Julius Randle, you're in that situation... You know, you didn't get some calls. You don't, you know, it's, can't hurt your team with, with with a techno foul. And he knows that he was kind of upset about a couple of plays. And, you know, that's the last thing you want to do is to get the next extra points in that game. Uh, but they did. Um, so the Knicks have a lot of work to do. The Nets are obviously going to remain the favorite uh, in terms of the division itself. And they're playing fairly well. You know, obviously there's no you know update on Kyrie Irving yet and his status. But I guess we'll find out soon enough what takes place uh, with these teams. But you just look at it. I mean, 
the Nets are obviously, you know, when KD and Durant, you know, when Durant, <laughs> KD and Durant, Durant and Harden, when they have it going, obviously it's hard, hard to beat them. But the Knicks, you know, you just look at what they have been looking like this season. It's just about consistency. It's about being much better in those moments. I think they will be uh, next time these two teams square off against one another. The Phoenix Suns uh, won their 17th game in a row last night, beating the Golden State Warriors at home 104 to 96. A really good game between both teams. Phoenix was a slightly better down the stretch. Saw some clutch shots be made by Chris Paul and some other players. Booker, um, you know, had an injury, so it was obviously a tough one. Uh, you know, he did. I think he did return to the game at some point, but you know, obviously he wasn't his at his best selves. But Phoenix just played a really good game. Uh, they were able to slow down Golden State to some extent. At least Steph Curry, who really didn't have a big shooting night, you know. He only had, I think, 21 points or 12, you know, obviously he had one of his lowest, you know, totals on the season, I think, if I'm reading this correct. You know, just one of those games in which, you know, Curry obviously didn't go off, uh, you know, have a lot of points. I mean, Jordan Poole played very well. I think he had 28 points, but Andrew Wiggins, um, you know, Raymond Green, not so much. And those things kind of happen, you know, depending on how it comes down. I mean, it really comes down to just how overall do you play in terms of, you know, cohesiveness. And the Suns, despite how whatever had happened in the, um, whatever happened with the Suns, obviously, in the postseason, they're still a very formidable team. And they really play like it last night where you saw some really good things from Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges. DeAndre Aiden was a huge difference in this game. Had 24 points overall. Um, and that's what you kind of expect from DeAndre Aiden. He's got to do that more and more, I think, as the games go along. Being able to be as good as he was last night. Obviously, Chris Paul still has it, you know, with his ability to create and shoot off the dribble. Um, you know, you just saw some good things overall. Uh, I think Paul had 15 overall in the game. Um, you know, Otto Porter for Golden State had 16 points. You know, once Golden State gets back, uh, Clay Thompson at some point, they're going to be really interesting to watch. Uh, obviously, a lot of guys are getting a lot of minutes early on, and last night, Phoenix was just a little bit better down the stretch. Um, kind of kept Steph Curry off balance to the point where he just missed some shots that he usually makes. Um, I think both teams do play each other uh, again on Friday in Golden State, so that'll be something to watch out for uh, as both teams have, I think, the identical record now of 18-3 and on the season. And Phoenix, you know, uh, where they're looking right now, obviously they've won a number of games in a row after a little bit of a slow start. Uh, they've been shooting the ball very well. You're seeing some things defensively be better in some areas. And, you know, the whole thing is now can they keep it going and they continue to get the play of DeAndre to be this way, you know, throughout the rest of the season will be very, very important. Um, as for some other the NBA news going on, I mean, the Miami Heat will be without Bam Adebayo uh, due to, I think, an injury he suffered in his thumb she needs surgery for so that's definitely a big blow for Miami the Heat have played very well this season you've seen some good things from 
uh, you know, Butler and Kyle Lowry, um, Tyler Hero. Tough, definitely a tough blow. They'll have to adjust and obviously find ways to be a little bit better, you know, heading into the next few games they have, you know. And Miami also, uh, you know, that's another tough news. Which they also there's an investigation into the like signings of their free agents, and you know Miami will also lose a second round draft pick and whatever's coming up. So that happened with them and the Chicago Bulls who signed uh, Lonzo Ball. You know, so those things are there as well. LeBron James is going to be out due to health and safety protocols. The co- you know. Advertising possible COVID. You know, the Lakers obviously have been struggling. They did win last night, which I'd like to see, but they've got a lot of work to do still to figure out some things. Look at some of the other teams right now. Um, you know, Atlanta obviously is kind of finding themselves a little bit. The Timberwolves are playing surprisingly a little bit better than I thought they would be playing, but then again, it is kind of early to see what they'll do. The Pelicans definitely uh, have a lot of ground to make up, and you know Zion Williamson coming back is really going to be a big win for them because if he comes back and he starts producing, they can maybe get back to having a respectable record, you know, coming up. So you have that going on. Um, you know, obviously you're seeing more and more of the rookie uh, players of this draft class have their moments ups and downs, but um, you know. You definitely, definitely the rookie of the year race is kind of wide open, you know, right now in terms of who, uh, who will really get that award at the end of the season. A lot of things could happen between now and then, but we'll really see how it works out. Um, but yeah, you know, almost a quarter of the season, um, kind of going by, and hopefully some, you know, promising, exciting matchups um, coming up in a few weeks, you know, and obviously into the new year so it'll be great to watch to see how that all goes down but uh you know obviously a, a lot of storylines are going to still continue to kind of be kind of watched and seen throughout you know the season in terms of like you know will john wall you know play at all this season will kyle you know will Kyrie irving come back and be um you know be with the nets you know are the lakers going to be better than, than they're looking right now um, Denver, you know, you know, when they get healthy, how they look like. There's a lot of things that still get to be determined, and you know, you just look at teams like Dallas, Memphis. Um, can those two teams continue to be afloat and stay, you know, continue to build around their stars going forward? Obviously, the trade deadline is going to be coming on its way, and. Obviously, there may not be not, I mean, a whole lot of movement, but, you know, Philadelphia, Ben Simmons, that situation is still something you have to kind of monitor and watch out for. Um, so a lot of intrigue, a lot of storylines to kind of keep an eye on as this NBA season rolls around. Rolls on. I mean... <laughs>